Hi, I'm Ozzy. Welcome to the Tales of an African Princess in America podcast. I believe that stories are powerful and by sharing, we can grow together. That's why I created the Tales of an African Princess in America podcast to share the unique stories and experiences of African immigrants abroad. Each week, you'll hear topics pertaining to education, healthcare, and career choices, or just pure banter. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hi guys, so today's episode is really about the amazing time that we had in Texas at the Life Podcast. And a lot of you have reached out to me and said, well, I couldn't make it to the event, but I really want to be a part of it. And so that's the reason why this episode is up. So you can get a taste of what we got at the Life Podcast. Of course, you're not going to get any of the gifts, but I hope that you uh, think about some of the topics that we talked about. If you have any input, if you feel like, oh, you guys, I'm thinking something different. Of course, go ahead and reach out to me on Instagram, African Princess in America. I also want to say a huge thank you to all our sponsors you know thank you to dr ruthia rumala for being an amazing host in texas i want to say thank you to buddy by nay she was our moderator the hostess with the mostest <laughs> uh, of course i want to say thank you to all the sponsors that gave us stuff for our glam bag so the perfect v women in white coats blog dr nina lum uh, also thank you to dr kanisha and the v magic so if you check all these people out on instagram you can see what they're up to they gave us amazing gifts for our co-hosts so thank you so much of course i'm going to say thank you to um, my makeup artist for the night, <laughs> Camille Isiyama. Thank you so much for making me look amazing. And of course, our jewelry came from um, Sisiyama Chick. So check it out on Instagram. Enjoy the episode. So all you need to do is just introduce yourself. Tell us something exciting that's happened to you in the last six months. What have I done? Well, I went to Columbia. It was lit. Yeah. That Columbia trip was one of the best girl trips summer. ever. Hot girl summer, indeed. <laughs> one of the best girl trips ever. But, um, um, yeah. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. So my name is Yemisi. Um, I recently just graduated Med-Peds residency at Louisiana State University. So I came from Louisiana, and I guess the most exciting thing I've done in the last six months besides take my medicine and peas boards was I was in Cape Verde. So that was nice. Disney family, so that was nice. Hey, everybody. Good evening to all the people who can't see me. My name is Lillian Nawara. I'm a health coach dietitian, and in the past... Six months, I guess. Um, I paid off like sixty, seventy thousand dollars of my student loan debt, so officially debt free. So, praise the Lord. Yes, yes. All right, here we go. Hi, y'all. My name's Melanie. Last six months. Well, I graduate in December with my bachelor's. I'm young, <laughs> and I just got accepted into my master's in healthcare administration program. My name is Gina Mullen. I am an ER trauma physician. And the last six months, well, I just got back from vacation in Santorini in Croatia and Montenegro and Italy. And it was amazing. And also in the last six months, I found my uh, tribe of awesome female black physicians. So that's been amazing. Hello, everyone. Hi, I'm Benicia. I am a physical medicine rehabilitation and sports medicine physician. Yay! And yes, in the last six months, I met a wonderful tribe, a pack of unicorns that I've been hanging out with that are also black female physicians. So, yes. Okay. 
Hello everyone, um, I'm Deanna McGarry. I am Dr. Rumala's marketing manager. Um, I also have my own marketing agency. It's called Marketing Everything Black, where I focus on, thank you, thank you. I focus on providing digital and event marketing services to black-owned businesses. And I also have a nonprofit called Black Excellence Inc. And I have an annual event at the American Airlines Center called Black Excellence Night. So that's, yes. So March 6, 2020, um, I solidified a partnership with the Dallas Mavericks to bring more black excellence to the AAC. So that's me. How are y'all gonna give me the mic after her? Like, that's just rude off top. Um, my name is Raisa. Um, Apart from having this meat pie that was delicious, another exciting thing that has happened to me in the last six months, um, I've been d um, trying to deal with fear. Um, so I have a fear of heights. Um, so I took flight and <laughs> I parasailed. I have a fear of guns and I went to a gun range and didn't die, so that was a win. Um, and I'm here now with my friend Timmy, who I will introduce. Hi, everybody. <laughs> my name is Timmy. Um, the last six months, the most exciting thing I did was I started a new job. So that was fun. Um, and hopefully soon I will be getting my master's. So that is something that I'm looking forward to. So yeah. All right, yes, my beautiful friend here. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I'm Stephanie Opasanju. I guess I'm in my last year of internal medicine residency. And, oh, thank God. Um, and in the past six months, I guess the most exciting thing I did was go to Venice, Italy, um, which was beautiful. I know it was a sponsored trip, but um, yeah. <laughs> Hi, guys. My name is Beverly. Sorry. I didn't get flued out. <laughs> uh, in the last six months, I'd say that I've been having difficulty saving. It seems like one thing after another comes up. Um, but last month, I actually met a financial goal of mine. So I don't know about you, but it's Stacy. Hi, everyone. I am Stacy. In the last six months, I've actually started a new job. So I'm not on the medicine side but I'm on the health plan side so I actually manage a team yeah I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm on the dark side uh, but I am one of the only black women in um, the health plan that I work with or with the health plan that I work with that negotiate all of the hospital agreements here in Tulsa okay sorry hello good afternoon my name is Makut Archibong um, I'm not even in the medical field so um, <laughs> um, but something exciting I've done in the last six months is I went to Alaska for the first time. Ooh. That was interesting. And I went camping because wow. I'm Nigerian. So, <laughs> so that, was, that was an experience. So yes. Hello, everybody. My name is Inzi. Neither am I in a medical field. Uh, um, however, <clears throat> I did law and I'm in underwriting so I kind of like do a little bit similar to what she's saying with their underwriting policies and everything. Um, something exciting in the last six months. Ooh, I sound boring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mommy. <laughs> so, 
Okay, well, I went to North Carolina and I did a tour of their cancer group because my sister. So I was nervous, but that's about it. So guys, we were asking you about what you've done in the last six months because the last six months has been crazy for the both of us. It's been amazing. My name is Ruth Arumala. I am the hostess of the Pretty in Pink podcast, one of the two podcasts that you're here for. The Tales of an African Princess in America is our other podcast, and so we're doing a live mashup. And so the last six months, like I said, has been crazy. First of all, this opened in the last six months. It is like ridiculous for me to own a practice, to be able to take care of patients the way I want to, beyond my wildest dreams, never thought it was possible. And Benicia's over there snapping because she does the same thing. <laughs> you know, she knows the struggle. You look like a boss, but you crumbling inside and it's a problem. So, and in the last six months, I also started this podcast. So for me, it has been crazy to start this and like go through this journey. And so we're so excited. But I want to introduce my co-hostess, mm -hmm. Dr. Ozzy. Yes. Hey, so my name is Ozzy, and um, I'm the hostess of the Tales of an African Princess in America podcast. And it's a funny name because everywhere I go, people say, are you really a princess? And the reason why I chose that name is because right when I first moved to the U.S. 10 years ago, um, all my friends in grad school thought I was a princess. For some reason, they, they've heard that there are lots of like African princesses. They watch Coming to America. And so every time I try to tell them I'm not, they're like, but you look like you are. So I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to own it. And so that's why I have that name. Um, in the last six months, oh, I went to Japan. Yes. So yeah, I actually just got back. Got back and then came. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, so it's something I've always wanted to do, and I'm super glad that I got to do it. Yeah. So Ozzy, you told us how you started your podcast, but I kind of want to talk about how like what my podcast is, right? So everybody always thinks that pink is my pretty is my favorite color. I actually abhor pink. <laughs> I wear a lot of it, but I abhor it. I love purple. I think purple is regal. Purple and gold gives you this African like strength, but yet it's feminine at the same time. But I chose pretty in pink because the vagina is pretty okay. in pink. And I'm a gynecologist. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. So I have had to enter this pink. <laughs> but so much to brand my my brand but that is why I chose pretty in pink so most people don't know that they think I love pink but yeah I actually thought that you just love pink and then when she told me I was like wow that's actually awesome that yeah. fits what you're trying to tell so well my favorite color as you can tell no, <laughs> we're, sure. we're not sure well it's red <laughs> yeah and um so i kind of told you a little bit about why i started my podcast but the main goal that i have for my podcast is actually education for girls so i come from a family of all girls and i'm the last of I have five sisters and growing up in Nigeria, a lot of people would tell my dad, well, you need to adopt a boy. Like, who's going to take, take over your family name and things like that? And they just didn't realize the impact that had on girls, on the girls that were growing up in the family. And just growing up hearing that and seeing what it's done for girls, where girls are just like, okay, well, I'll just get married and that'll be it for me, you know? So I really wanted to start a podcast that would really address that. And so I kind of talk about it a lot of my podcasts, if you, if you listen. And I also talk about you a little bit of listen. lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, I talk about like, because people like to hear like gist, you know? Like, they like to hear what's going on in your life. Like, people don't want to hear like serious stuff all the time. And I figured that out really quickly. And so I started talking about like trips I take in, like, you know, things that happened to me when I first moved to the US, like 
cultural clashes, things like that. And people can relate to that. But we actually have very similar goals, and we align very. We are about women empowerment, girl empowerment, and then we're both educational podcasts. So we actually, and our spirits kind of get along very, very well. We're able to like go with the ebbs and flows. But how, you tell me how we found each other. Oh, Instagram. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. Uh, we've, yeah, we, we've, I met her on Instagram right. in the beginning. And so I meet a lot of people on Instagram. And I think that for me, social media, and I'm just going to go on the side, for me, social media is like the proverbial um, play box or sandbox where you get to choose who you want to be friends with. And now your play box or your, your playground is a lot bigger because now worldwide. I think that for us, you know, we met on um, Instagram and we had very similar um, goals. And you were like way further, right, in, what, what, in podcasting. I think you had been podcasting. When I started, you had probably been podcasting over a year. A year. Yeah, and so when I started, and I saw that she was just like, she had all these podcasts, and she had all these ideas, and I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to just copy everything she did and just do it. Because, like, I didn't have a playbook. I didn't know what I was doing. And so that's kind of how we started. How did it really start? Like, how did you decide that I wanted to have a podcast? Like, how did, how did that come about? I have a fear of failure so crippling that I actually do only what I know I can, can succeed at. I know that I'm going to get into this med school, so let's just apply to this med school, and we're going to be great, and it's going to be fine. And that's literally how I've lived my life. So with the podcast, I was so afraid, like, if I started talking, first of all, I have a speech impediment. So having to work hard at something that's my, like, weakness was really hard for me. So that was, in the beginning, what it was. So we were kind of talking about it, but at that time, I was really into fitness, so I would be like, oh, let me talk about fitness. Like, what should you put in your gym bag? How do you go into the gym? Go from, like, running like a girl and lifting really heavy. Like, I wanted to talk about stuff like that. And then as it evolved, I used to have a lot of my friends who would call me and be like, yo, like, you know, I'm having this vaginal discharge. Like, my doctor doesn't know what the heck is going on. She's giving me, like, five antibiotics, five antifungals. I don't know. And I would be like, oh, let's just try boric acid. And they'd be like, hey. This thing saved my whole life. Can you imagine? <laughs> now I have a boyfriend. So I was like, oh, wow. Let's, like, so I wanted to like, talk about stuff like this, right? I wanted to educate people. And so I thought, okay, let's talk about women's health issues. So I started off talking about just like me, just sitting there, be like, ovarian cysts. Well, ovarian cysts happen every single month. And, so, and then I realized that um, I did this one particular episode called Rape Culture. And it was, a, it was an episode that really touched me because I had a friend of mine who came from Nigeria to my graduation. She came from Nigeria for my graduation, from residency. And she got sexually assaulted in her stay here. And so I felt so responsible, obviously, right? And so I wanted to like talk about it, but I was like, well, I'm a gynecologist, so I'm gonna talk about rape culture. Like, if you get raped, What's going to happen? Are you going to have to take HIV drugs? Who's going to look into your vagina? Are they going to swab? Blah, blah, blah. And when I finished, I felt defeated and deflated because I felt like I didn't stand up for her. I didn't talk about it from a misogyny standpoint. I didn't talk about it from a, like actual culture standpoint. So I hit up a friend of mine who had a podcast, and I was like, yo, can I like, hop on your podcast, and can we talk about this? And she was like, no. Because you can't ask me to come on my podcast and talk about what you want, your agenda. 
So she's like, but you have a podcast. You have your agenda. You can invite whomever you want. You can talk about whomever, whatever you want, because there are, you know, mommy bloggers who are talking about, like, really medical things. So you can do, you can broaden your horizon, and you can invite guests. And so since then, I've been guest-based, and I just invite experts to talk about things that I know women want to hear about, at least I want to hear about. So my greatest joy in podcasting is actually, like, the the interview process, like talking to people that, wait, God, they know way too, way more than me. I mean, I talked to the first female black sur- uh, neurosurgeon to graduate from Baylor University. I mean, that was one of my favorite podcasts because that woman is phenomenal. And I get inspired, I get poured into by my peers. So that's my favorite part of podcasting. What's your favorite part? Well, my favorite part of podcasting is definitely like being relatable. You know, like when I started podcasting, um, and the idea came one day, I was sitting in traffic, just listening to a podcast. And she said something on the podcast. I don't remember whose podcast it, it was, but she said something. And I was just like, I really wish you would go a little more, like a little deeper into that. But I was like, it occurred to me that there's some things that I really want to hear about that people are talking about. Like a lot of Africans, like a lot of, I'm Nigerian, so a lot of Nigerians come from America. And we have this vision of what America mm-hmm. is. We think it's a land of milk and honey, you know? And dollars are raining. Yes. Oh, and then we come to America, and it's like, oh, my God. Like, you have to work? Like, mm. it's not as easy as it there's seems. There's no house like, help. Yeah, and there's no manual. No one tells you, like, this is, what is, this is what's going to happen. And for me, it was a little easy because I came for school, right? And, I, you know, there was a program. I knew what to do. But when I was about to graduate, it was like, oh, my God work visa, what am I going to do, you know? And a lot of people were telling me, well, you might have to marry an, an American citizen, you know, to be able to work in this country. And I actually dated someone who told me that, you know, you can't work without me. And that was, I'm like, what? But because I knew better, like, I felt like, okay, there are options and people need to know this. Like, I actually applied, self-petitioned for my green card and I got it. And I'm like, these options are out there, but people just don't know, you know? And so I'm like, I'm going to start something that will put that information out there so people can know that this is possible. Bless you. (laughs) So people know that it's possible. You don't have to defraud the system or become like a fraud and marry a yeah, and become become gay. (laughs) Become a gay because you want green card. It's not by force. There's no shade to anyone and their hustle. However it is that they're getting, but I just wanted to put the information out there so that people who are like me, who moved from Nigeria or whatever country, know that they have these options and they don't have to do things that, you know, break their heart at night. Yeah. So I have a question for you. Like, mm-hmm. what is the next step for you? Because you've been podcasting for, what, almost two years now. Right. So what's the next step? Like, why are you even doing this? Well, okay, that's a really great question. So the next step for me really is to take this to the next level, basically. I really want more people to hear this. And that's one of the reasons why we're having this right here. It's because we people know us, but it's like our friends, our family. You know, my mom listens. She calls hey, me. And that's one of the reasons why I have to censor what I say now. Because someone, someone sent her the link, and I'm just like, what? I can't really talk about certain my things My mom right will now. say, do you know they can open medical journal? You better be on points. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, like, so I feel like, but I really want the message out there. I want the message to spread because I feel like there are a lot more people that need to hear what we have and they just don't know it. And that's the reason why we love you guys and we invited you to have an awesome time with us to kind of like, you know, get and see what we're about. And if you like it, yeah, go ahead and hit us up, follow us, download, listen, and of course, rate and subscribe. (laughs) (laughs) So isn't it funny that, because people tell me all the time, like, you have a PhD, you have a nine to five. You have a practice. 
Um, what are you looking for with podcasting? Like, is it the money? I mean, my mother sent you to ask you, ask you that question. <laughs> no, I would, love, she asked me. I would love to also, uh, did I say that? I should have said that first. Like, yeah, it would be really nice if I made money from it. Um, but what is next step for you? So for me, I just want to continue to put out really good information because I think that, and I want to kind of diversify. So I don't want it to just be about health and medicine. Let me tell you something. People want to hear about sex, love, our relationships. That's why we're here. That's why you people are here. If I told you I was coming, let's go and talk about, you know, vaginal cancer or vulva. You people would be like, what? By the way, there are no guys here. Why do you think that there are no guys here? Well, he's here, yeah. but... He's been paid to be here, so he's going to be here. Well, because I would say that 80 to 85% of my listenership are uh, women. And I'll also say that there are men that listen. Mainly Kel listens. Kel's my boyfriend. And he tells me, at five vaginas. When you say vagina five times, I'm done. That's, limit. That's my limit. I cannot take any more. It's up here for me. But my dad listens. It's crazy. So my dad is always like, Okemute, that's my Nigerian name. Okemute, are you sure you want to be doing this? Are you sure you just don't want to take care of patients? Because you know you're putting yourself out there. When you put yourself out there, things can happen. So <laughs> it's how you do it. He said, things can happen. So for me, the next step is really just expanding, talking to women about things that they want to know about. They want to know about life after divorce. They want to know about what do I do if my child is born autistic? What do I do if I don't get into medical school the fifth time? They want to know that. And I want to address those issues in conversations with people who have experienced that. So that's what I want to do with my podcast, is just continue to grow, continue to answer questions that may be answered by people who don't look like us, who aren't us, and who don't live our lives. I have a website, finally, Jesus has blessed me. <laughs> no, my $1,200 has blessed me with my website. <laughs> but it is um, www.drarumula.com. And it's DR, not doctor, but drarumula.com. And that's easiest to find me because it has everything that I'm doing. My website is actually Tales of an African Princess in America.com. <laughs> my Instagram is African Princess in America. The podcast is the important thing, so you can, it'll show up and then you see it. And I have a ton of ideas. So I recently started like a jewelry line and we have a giveaway right there. And this is part of it. Mm -hmm. So somewhat, some lucky winner is going to win that. So you guys follow the rules. Um, yeah, so I have that. I just recently started. And um, yeah, that's. That's the next exciting thing that's happening for me. I must put this out there. So we're going to get more food because I'm hungry yeah. too. Yeah. And and before we get food, food, I just huh? wanted to ask one question because y'all both have, like you said, the nine to fives and the podcast. Mm -hmm. How do you find the balance to record your podcast while maintaining your nine to five and your social life? If you really want to do something, you'll find a time. Because I come home from work and I'm really exhausted. But then I start like recording and I get really excited. And then when I'm done recording, I'm like, I'm going to edit this tonight. You know, like it's there's that drive. So I think it's just when you really love something and you're into it, you find the time. It's like also like dating, you know, like you could be you, you don't have time for everyone else. You know, you're busy. You have you're seeing patients. Most of your doctors, you know, you're in accounting, you're working, you're see, you, you have a, you have kids. But you find this one person that you really love and you find time like you text them in the middle of your busy day. You know, if you don't like someone. <laughs> yeah. So for me, it's like it's the passion. I really love it. And it gets me really excited. Like, I wake up at night, in the middle of the night, and just like, okay, I'm going to record. 
you know, I'm going to go find an empty room, empty space, and just like this idea, I have to put it out right now. So for me, it's just the passion, I guess. Um, I had always known that I didn't want to take care of a patient who comes in, I fix their problem, they go away. I knew that I wanted to take care of people that I never met. I knew that. So I thought that the way that that was going to happen for me was that I was going to work in either medical training, either at, in medical school or in a residency program, and I would train doctors to go out there and touch people that I never met. That's what I thought. That's how I, that's the only way I thought was possible. And then I realized that there's this podcast thing, and I could talk to women that I've never met. There are people that I, so a lot of, I have a fellowship in Puerto Rico and Cuba. I don't know if they now change it to Espanol or not, but I have a friend who is Puerto Rican, and one time she asked me to do a podcast for her called Fit Mama because she was pregnant and she's a fitness model. And people used to tell her, or a fitness IG model, not sure which the difference is today, but she, she was basically saying, that um, people used to always say to her, like, I hope your baby dies because you're, like, working out while you're pregnant. And th so there's this all these myths, right? So I wanted to, I made one, and she would always point people to it. Like, when people say, you're like, my doctor and Dr. Rumala said, if you want to listen to this podcast, have at it. So then I started having this, like, crazy listenership. And, like, and I've never met them. I would never meet them. I would never meet them but I'm able to have this impact in their lives. So that's why I podcast. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yes. So the question was really about, like, how did you form your support team? One thing that's really big for us is collaborations. So, like, if something's not working out for you, you get on the phone and find someone who's, who knows how to do it. And so that's how I found her. If I see something, I reach out. That's just how I am. Like, if I see that, okay, she has something that, you know, would benefit me, I probably have something that she would love. I reach out and try to form, like, a really good bond with her. I don't come, like, pretentious. I'm like, oh, you look so pretty. You know, I try to make it, like, where she can see that I'm being real. And, you know, she, so I form that relationship. So it's more like collaborations for me. I just reach out. I get on the phone. I get, just write an email. And I get a ton of no's. When I started podcasting, I felt that I was going to reach out to my friends first. And so I said, okay, I, I want to do interviews. So I reached out to a ton of my friends. And I have to tell the truth. Some of them said no, just no, no, no reason, nothing. Like I, I don't think I can do it. You know, just no. And at first I was hurt because I was like, you know. But then I realized that not everyone's gonna tell you a yes. You know, no is also part of the process. You know. And I see now that they're reaching back out to me, and they're like, okay, can I be on your podcast? And now I'm like, oh. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> you Petty know, Betty. yeah. And so you'll find out that it's it's not necessarily the people that are closest to you that will push your mission. I guess it's the people that are far off. Like you have listeners in Puerto Rico. You know, I have listeners in Japan. I don't know mm -hmm. how they do it, but mm -hmm. yeah. So just reach out. I think that's my thing. Just reach out. I will also say this. I want to say this for you because mm -hmm. if we talk about our collaboration, mm -hmm. it was never. Like, hey, can you do this for me? Mm -hmm. She would reach out and she would be like, yeah, so I was doing this and this and this and this. And, and I would be like, wait, hold up. So how do you animate your IG stories again? <laughs> and she'd be like, yeah, so this is the app that you use for this. This is the app you use for that. So yeah. she, she gave me like her 
her resources. She was never like, well, I'm not quite sure where I bought that dress. <laughs> you know that thing. Like yeah. everybody. Oh, it was five seasons ago. No, it was yeah. on H&M, sis, for $29.99 last week. But um, like literally she was very open and wanting. You could tell that this is somebody that wants you to succeed. So then you gravitate towards that. And I think that, like, one of the things is, like, all of us trying to get up, we don't have to push each other down to, like, step right. on their heads mm -hmm. to get to the next step. It's more like, hey, you got this, I got this, let's do this together, let's push each other forward. If you get there before me, cool. okay, right? Mm -hmm. Cool, you got there before me. Right. Like, she has signed her first, or she has received her first podcast monetizing check. I'm not going to be like, because of that. <laughs> I won't tell her anything again because she has, she's already beat me to it. No, it doesn't work like that. So that's kind of like our thing. Hey. So we're going to do a quick intermission, get to know each other more, get some more food, and then we're going to come back for the love, sex, and relationships part. Okay? Fun part of it. Do you know that about one in every three people in the United States listen to at least one podcast every month? That's millions of people listening. And do you also know that every month, thousands of podcast listeners listen to the Tales of an African Princess in America podcast? Hmm. Well, do you have a business service or event that you would love others to hear about? Then look no further. To promote your services on the podcast, send an email to talesbydroze at gmail.com today. Or you can visit our website at www.talesofanafricanprincess.com princess you're listening to the live podcast event hosted by the tales of an african princess in america and the pretty and pink podcast enjoy all right ladies glad everybody was able to get a few goodies and some snacks hopefully Y'all are yeah. feeling good and full and got to mix and mingle a little bit, get to introduce yourselves to some people and kind of network a little bit, learn more about the people next to you. What we're going to do is go ahead and go into our next portion, which is what everybody's here for, the sex, love, and relationships. <laughs> but I also, you know, as y'all were doing the introductions in the first part, I failed to introduce myself. So I am Naomi. Um, on IG, I go by Body by Nay. And I am your moderator with the host, you know, the, the moderator, the hostess with the, the, hostess with the most. Yes. So I am an account manager for GM Financial. Right. And one of the uh, exciting things that I've done in the last six months is I will be starting my master's in project management at the end of this month. I went to Korea in I was July. supposed to be like, that was exciting. <laughs> I was excited for you. I know. I'm super excited about that. One, because in my company, we don't have a lot of African-American women in upper management. So I want to be that person. I want to be the pioneer to make my mark and make my move. So I'm here for it. So I'm here for it. Black girl magic all the way around. All right. So what we're going to do, we have a whole bunch of cards here. But you guys are going to be answering the questions. So be ready. And when I, when, once I ask the question, I will just choose anyone to answer this question. But you will need to make sure you come to me because this court is kind of short. And I want to make sure that you're heard, okay? So are y'all ready? 
Hey. I mean, don't. I mean, I see a lot of you trying not to make eye contact with me. <laughs> I will definitely be picking you if you do not make eye contact with me. So be ready. <laughs> don't duck. I see you. I see you. <laughs> so the basis of this is we want your thoughts, your opinions, and kind of just have a, a, a very candid conversation. So with that being said, let's talk about bills. How are we splitting the bills in a relationship or a marriage? Stephanie. Come on down. My thoughts, because I have no man, I have no prospects. Um, Steffi, oh. Slide in her DM, please. Hello, hi. Um, But I'm a very, like, egalitarian person, so I really feel like things should be split kind of 50 Oh, they're sliding your DM for sure. However, (laughs) there needs to be, like, a situation in which gifts and things like are all on you. You know what I mean? So there's a separate account or a separate fund that, that is yours, not mine, um, that like is, is that funds that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess that's my take on the whole thing. So Stephanie, I think that for me, I cannot let you walk away without giving you this. And this is Chronicles of Women in White Coats. It is a compilation of stories by women in white coats and you're about to have your long white coat forever and ever 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 I have to actually thank I have to thank Dr. Lena Nina Lum who sent us a whole bunch of these that's what I need right now my yes yes Ozzy what do you think what do you think Ozzy about um about splitting okay guys I will give you some background, right? So Ozzy's married to a Nigerian man. And I am not married at all. I'm a common girlfriend. Common girlfriend. And my, my, my boyfriend is Sierra Leonean, and he lives in Sierra Leone most of the time. So that's our background in terms of relationships, where we're talking about our current relationships. So Ozzy, tell me a little bit about your... Thoughts about how are you spitting this money? <laughs> this money that you're making, Dr. Ozzy. So, I don't want to say 50 because I want his 100. So, I don't want to wow. box myself in and say 50 50. I think for us, it's 100 100. Like, we all give everything we have. Because if I say, like, okay, he's going to do 70 and I'll do 30, I feel like I'm holding myself back a little bit. So, I have this mindset that we both give each other everything we have. So everything we have. That being said, when I go to go when I go grocery shopping, when I want to buy stuff online, I use his card. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. But if if he does ask, yes, I'm I'm willing. But he hasn't he hasn't asked me so, yet. So yeah, dip down. Of course, I want hundred zero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I'm wi- I'm willing. I'm really open to having him. You know. Do you so, have a joint account? so we have three accounts. Okay. Right now. Yeah, we have used, yeah, and then uh, I mainly put a lot of expenses on the joint. And I have to be honest, you guys, something is happening right now, because I've been married for like two years. Uh, but I find that sometimes when I'm at work and my package is about to be delivered and he's home, I get like exactly. panic attacks. <laughs> because like, <laughs> bish, 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 bish. <laughs> I get these panic attacks, because he just has this thing where he takes a, uh, a picture of it and he sends these, Three three letters, hmm, like H M M M. That's just like, oh my god. So yeah, so yeah. It's I would like to say that it's hundred hundred, but being realistic, really, I'm selfish that way. I like it that way. So I'll just keep it that way. 
Okay, that's you. a good thing. Yeah. So I'm a common girlfriend. So <laughs> you have to woo me. Yeah, no, you have to win my heart. Yes. I mean, the truth of the matter is, like, okay, so there was a position in our relationship where, like, he was he put his whole his whole everything into his business, everything, everything. Like, took his car, sold it, was wakari from here and there, taking keke, like literally, like he put everything into his business. So I felt bad. You know, I actually have a soul and a heart. So I gave something. But um, I really, until I'm married, I think that would be different for us. But I'm, like I said, like, I think that there's a, there's a process of courting and wooing, and, and, I, and I believe in that. And I feel like when we're in a, a I, I don't think it would be 50-50. It would probably be a percentage of our income. And I say that now, but, you know, maybe I'll just want him to put his 50-50 when he's making real money. Cause, you know? But for now, I think that's, like, how we're probably going to do it. Okay. question, and anyone can jump in, I guess. Um, at what point in the relationship do we even talk about this money thing? Yeah. Like, we talked about it, it early. Yeah. Is it like we talked about it really early? Is it like okay? I just I'm talking to this guy. You know, he's taking me out on dates, and then of course he's supposed to spend on me, right? Mm-hmm. Like a first date type of thing. Is it first date kind of thing? So who should pay for the first date? That's a good question. He should pay, right? Okay. And then when it gets like really serious, I'm about fifty fifty. Fifty fifty. And usually okay. I'm, I'm more. I Okay. As a high income earner, so yeah, I'm very cognizant. Hey, God, I All like right. that. You know, I'm a, a high income, income earner. earner. I love it. Yes. Okay. Okay, wonderful. All right, so, so our next question is if your partner cheats and you find out, are you staying? And if you are staying, what would make you stay, or would you leave? Come on down, Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> Beverly was like, dodge that bullet. <laughs> so the question was, if your significant other cheats, are you staying or are you leaving? And if you stay, what would make you stay? Um, so in reality, the perfect answer is you're leaving. Everyone says they're going to leave, and it's because it's the right thing to do. Um, in today's society, unfortunately, um, you see a lot of situations where cheating occurs almost in every situation, unfortunately. You hear it in songs. Um, people make jokes on social media about side pieces and this and that, and it's fun. And it's funny, and everybody thinks it's great. So my answer is I, I don't know. I don't know if I actually would leave. I think it just depends on the situation, and that's just being completely honest. Um, we all say and we hope that, hey, you know what, it's just it's a done deal and we're going to leave. But then you go into what constitutes this cheating? Yeah. Is it texting? Is it you know, communicating on social media? Is it actually true engagement? Is it sex? What is it? So I, I can't really answer that. I don't know. I think every situation is um, different. And I think that you as a person have to make that decision because you're the only one that knows. So, uh, for me, I think that it w- it's really, really hard for me to answer that question. Because it has happened to me, and I had stayed. And I thought I was, there was so much shame that came with it. I felt like I can't be sitting here plasticizing to women, like, have all this strength, do all these things. Like, you can, you can change the world. You can do this. And yet I'm doing the base thing that I thought was, like, the, the definition of weakness. 
And for me, it like taught me to be more compassionate, to be more empathetic, to not make these huge general statements. And she might say to me, well, we had conversations today that you were making huge general sweeping statements. And it is a work in progress because a lot of the times you come from this like, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? Do you really, does he know who I am? But at the same, my parents are listening, so that's why I'm not. You can hear it. They can. They don't understand. They will be like a fork, a spoon, a what? So, but really, I have to be in the situation where I have to tell you that it is so situational because I don't think I can make that same sacrifice for someone else. But I made it for him, and I think that it took me a while to actually forgive myself for doing something that I thought was like so low and so weak and so base. So to be honest, I have no idea. It's just something that I dread because unfortunately I know a lot of women who've been through it. Yep. You know, I know family who've been through it and I, when I wasn't married, I was at the back shouting, you need to live him like yep. why? you know, you need to show the you know show him that you know what you're made of and things like that. But now that I'm actually in it, I realize that it's such it's such a big move, really. It's because your heart is just wrapped around this person, you know, and so it's hard for you to just detach yourself. You know, they may be disappointed, but I don't know. I really don't know, you know. And I don't. I'm just at a place where I don't really judge people for whatever decision they choose to take, and that's where I am right now. Is um, whatever you decide, I will support you. The two things, though, if there's addiction, if there's abuse, I would yes. ask. I oh, would yes. leave. Because yeah, I don't want to lose so. my life mm -hmm. because of love. I'm sorry. Um, so those two things are big for me. If you hit me or if you, you're there shooting up things and I don't know what's happening, of course I'm going to leave. Um, I'll, of course I'll take myself away from that situation to somewhere safe and figure it out. But I would like to say that I'll fight for it. But I don't know how long I'll fight. Yeah. So you're not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I hope so I you mentioned out. you would leave if it was an addiction. So if he went and sought out rehab and took some time apart mm -hmm. from you yeah. and showed you, you know, signs of change, would you return to the relationship? Hey, uh. madam, you have something to say. Come on. Yes. 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 She's, been, she's been like squirming her seat. <laughs> I, just, I just feel like if it's, if it's abuse, they're going to abuse you again. There's no need to go back. Even if they tell you they've changed, mm -hmm. they might show it, but something might spark, something might flash back to that person mm -hmm. and want to keep doing the same thing to you over and over, and you're still going to stay. Mm -hmm. Like You have to learn how to leave. Yeah. I have never been in that situation. <laughs> but I will, I, if it's abusive, I'll never stay. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing, because that's literally, you, you don't want to die right. in a relationship right. you know, for love. Right. So just saying. I think, like, my experience as a gynecologist is, like, man, I even think that even my experience as an obstetrician is harder because these women are pregnant. And if you know this, you know that, like, abuse increases when you're pregnant. And, yes, and actually becomes more deadly and more aggressive. In my role, I have a unique position to be a friend to patients, to be a counselor to patients, but to also just help them. Just, just be there for them. And so I think that we always forget the abuse part. I mean, so many women lose their lives on domestic abuse. So I'm not going to be a downer. I'm going to sip our sips and go to the next question. 
All right, so the next question is, in a relationship, is love enough? Is it really enough to get through? Hell. I see everybody Look, just was ready Camille's to answer. I didn't have to wow. <laughs> Camille, wow. Um, wow, I'm a little shy. Um, okay, so I just don't believe that love is enough in a marriage. Um, because when it, whenever, oh, in a relationship, we're talking relationship, relationship. Let's, let's oh, put it under the okay. whole umbrella. Because I just feel like there's so much more to being companions and just love. You know, I actually met this old couple and they were like, you know, in marriage, love fades in and out. You know, you have to re-fall in love with your spouse every once in a while. But you need to at least have that bare minimum friendship, that appreciation of the person, you know, as well as money, okay? Because a lot of marriages fail because of improper uses of money. Absolutely. So I do believe, like me, when I look for a spouse, I don't date those guys who are already driving big Benzes right now, the people who are spending too much money on Balenciagas. Mm -hmm. Because when you have children, where would their priorities lie? Yeah. You know, I see a lot of girls who, you know, want to be big mamas now. And it's just like, okay, well, you buy a brand new Gucci bag where you buy formula for your child. Mm -hmm. So I think that a lot of things, it's it's an honest thing. It's a very honest thing. You know, because growing up when I was younger, you know, I'm from a two-parent household. My parents have always been, they go on vacation, wear matching clothes. Mm, So, you know, I want that. But then when you see this generation of men, you kind of like, oh, this don't exist. You know, so... I'm starting to like reconsider. I'm like, okay, let me look for somebody that I know um, that I don't mind living with for the rest of my life. Not settling, but you want to marry somebody that you know that at least when you wake up, you're like, you know, he a little ugly, but you know, I like him. You know, he makes me happy. You know, he sacrifices for me. You know, he might be a little ugly, but you know, he sacrifices. You know, and he has his priorities in order. And let's not forget, you know, every everybody may not be religious, but I need a man who understands, you know, God's place in a marriage. You know, because there's certain things that I need to you have a conscience for. Um, So that's why I don't think love is enough. I definitely think that there's more components to each person. Those components are going to be different. You know, what works for me in a marriage or relationship may not work for you. And what may work for you may not work for me. So, yeah, yeah, the end. So let me just ask you something else. (laughs) Since you're saying love is not enough. Do you feel like, especially, I think a majority of us in here are Nigerian or or African-American, African of some descent. Do you feel like there's a lot of pressure or, I guess, dominance for the woman to know how to be a good wife versus the man knowing how to be a good husband? Do you feel like, because, I mean, I've definitely had conversations where, you know, it's always, oh, you know, you need to be able to do this, 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 and this, and their sons are running around going mm-hmm. from I here, doing mm-hmm. and trotting. But do you think that in our generation that's the problem, that there's so much of an influence on the woman to be a good wife versus the man to be a... Or do you feel like the parents are even instilling in the, the men to how to be a good husband you know before you know i think that because i've lived in nigeria now for quite some time you guys know i live in nigeria now living there and i see the way some of these mothers raise their sons it's like they raise their sons like they are jesus christ like they are jesus christ and that they can't do anything wrong Mm -hmm. and so it's like as a female you know coming in to date a guy it's kind of like the mom's expecting you to cater to their child their son as if maybe you're the house girl or something like that. Oh my, no, be I was girl. So you know, <laughs> so I definitely do think that there's a lot of emphasis on women to be, you know, the the sacrificing person who sacrifices more, who compromises more. It's like, but I don't believe that in love. You're supposed to die by fire by false. Exactly. 
Like, if I'm going to die for you, you need to die for me. Like, I don't believe in a one-way relationship. Now, I'm very traditional. Don't get me wrong. I personally like traditional things. I like to cook, but I should not have to come home and you don't eat because I'm not there to cook. You know, so... (laughs) But I think that as our generations are growing, because my mom is always like, you know, when I was 22, I was married and I was having kids and this is this. I'm like, well, times are different. So what works for people back then is not going to work for us in this generation right now. We have Instagram, okay? So, you know, you and your man battle out one second, 10 seconds, it's another girl in the DM. And she she's sending a thirst trap. And he gone. You know, so I definitely do think as, you know, because all of us here are the new generation of parents. We have to raise our sons and daughters to understand that this is a reciprocal kind of love. It's not a one-way path, you know. And I don't know if you guys read Chiamanda Achebe. She has a book called We Should All Be Feminists. Though I'm not advocating or pressing feminists on nobody because I'm not. I'm, I'm all equality. But she said one thing where you need to stop raising our sons to keep their emotions in cages. And that's what's happening. They're getting in these little cages. And then there was a thing, if you've ever read Things Fall Apart by... Now, he said the only emotion a man should show is anger. Yes, I remember that. And that's the problem. Mm -hmm. So hopefully, like I said, all of us here, life changers here, all of us here, um, raise our children. So, yeah, that's all. All right, I'm loving it. Thank you. So Camille is starting her own podcast. She was just preaching right here. She's about to be preaching on that podcast per the regular. Since we're talking about relationships and everything, what are the top three things that you're looking for in your spouse? Um, Well, since I'm 37 and single, (laughs) I've had a lot of dating advice. Um, Right? (laughs) For me, I'm looking for a friendship first and foremost because I have to like you as a person. I want you to be kind to me, when I, even if I'm not kind to you. Um, I'm looking for someone who has the same values I do financially as well as religiously. And someone that I can have a good time with. Because, you know, we got to spend a lot of time together. So, and making each other a priority. That's huge. And that's what I found has probably been one of the biggest things in dating people is just making that time. Because I've tried to date people like up to 10 years older than me and maybe five years younger than me and just finding, making things priority. It's difficult. Now, let me ask you, because I know you had mentioned before that you are a high income earner. Do you think that that also has been a, t- um, a factor in dating? dating? It has. So if I have maybe just seen a person briefly and they may have hit me in the DMs and they're extraordinarily eager and they're like, oh, I like you. But like, oh, you don't even know me, bruh. Like, you you know, I've had that experience and I'm like, that's kind of a red flag to me. I'm like, get to know me because I'm like, I might think I'm an asshole at the end of the day. But like before you act like you know me, I don't like people to be too eager. Who is the second person? It was Beverly. Beverly is going to grace us with her. Three things that she's looking for in a spouse are the three most important things that she thinks are. So I'll say, one, I think transparency. Uh, You'll find that now as you date, it's difficult to find an honest answer from people. Forget your friends, just the person you want to date. It's hard to, whether you make a mistake, whether you're doing well, you don't really know where the guy is at sometimes and or you find out at a time where you no longer care or it's too late your emotions are involved so transparency for sure um, I'm also looking for someone who has um, an understanding of their finances it's not just about making money there are especially with me working for the health plan there are a lot of physicians a lot of people who are making crazy money but still living paycheck to paycheck 
people don't know how to save, people don't understand, they just don't understand the ins and outs. So I need someone who is actually trying to, you know, not, not just do better, but understand why they're at where they're at. There are people who are making and saving money on 40,000 a year, but the people who are making 150 and up don't know what they're doing. Um, and then patience, because I'm a lot. <laughs> a whole lot. Yes. See this meek face? Anybody who knows me, I have a mouth on me. And, and I, a half. You know, I like to set my boundaries and remind you where you are in life if you cross them. So patience. Patience. So Beverly, I want to gift you this. This is um, a friend of mine is has this amazing, amazing therapy session. Her, um, her I guess, therapy thing is called I'm Successfully Me, but she made this um, game called Sip and Share. When you shuffle the cards, this this, this conversation starter. Like, we did this at the pool party when my boyfriend was here and had all these men shooketh. So this is perfect for you. So, huh? No, I can can send it to you, yes. But yeah, hey. Thank you. Don't even use this thing on your Instagram, please. So... So you, let me ask you, Doctor yeah. Aziz, since you are married, what were the top three things that oh. you were looking for in um, your spouse? Trust is really big. Like we start out at 150, and then you could either work your way up or down. And so, and that's for me as well. Like I have to also, you know, be trustworthy. But that's a big deal. Um, the second thing is leadership. Leadership, because I'm driven. I know where I want to go. You know, and I need. She's to- a Nibo girl. Yeah, I need, <laughs> I need to follow someone who's going somewhere. Like, I, I can't just follow you blindly. I need to see that you are headed somewhere. So that's really important to me. I'm not just going to follow you because it's a submit to your husband. It's not going to work that way. I, I know my mom's going to hear this, but that's the truth. I'm not. Um, yeah, and then the, ne- the other thing is your, your connection with God. Because I want to develop my, I want to strengthen my bond with God. And I need someone who's on that journey as well. Okay. I don't need someone who's going to be like, I'm trying to go. They're saying, go to the war room, pray for you. Have you guys heard about the war room? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like this, your husband is doing something. Everybody's like, go to the war room. I'm not going to the war room by myself. We're, we're going there together. Absolutely. Yeah, and so, mm-hmm. yes. I'm definitely big on that connection. And it's it's not, it's evolving, you know? Like when I when I got married, it, where we are right now is not where we started from. Absolutely. You know, I grew up in a house where my dad's a pastor. And I grew up in a household where 6.15, everybody's up singing praises to God. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up, uh-huh. I woke up married, and my husband is not my father. That's the first thing I had to realize. My husband is not my father. The way my father treats me is probably not the way he treats my mom, because I'm his daughter. So I don't expect my husband to be my father. So that's the big thing I had to learn is, okay, how are we going to do our own? You know, like, okay, he's like, okay, let's read the Bible and pray. I'm like, no, but how about singing? You know, he's like singing, you know, <laughs> you know, so we had to find that balance. And so yes. it's not, we're not like super spiritual now. We're not like next to, you know, but we're figuring it out. Absolutely. So that's like, for me, it's trust, it's leadership and it's our connection with God. True. Okay. And I know you said you're just come on girlfriend, come on. Come on. but in your endeavor to become a spouse, what are the top three things that you're looking for? So I, I can only speak about my relationship now. My really, I should actually give you guys some background. The way I suffer with these men. Hey! hey. They gave me army. A whole army. They came after me. I said my village people were working overtime. But when I finally met, you know, 
my guy, Kel. Yes. yes. So, so for me, it was like the first thing that I noticed is determination. Mm-hmm. This man was beeline, like, it doesn't matter. Because me, I was not giving him time. I was doing Yanga like this. Yes. I was like, hmm. This one, he will have to compete. There's a whole line. Enter it. It's a queue. Yes. Enter the queue. So I I let him, like, really. And and one time he was like, you know, I really want this girl. I'm really going to go after her. And I finally, like, you know, accepted. So the determination for me was. And I've noticed that in his life as a, like, theme. Like, he was determined, okay, I'm going to make a new life. I'm going to create something for, uh, something that my children can hold on to. So he went to Sierra Leone and he started it. He that, that determination that, like, it doesn't matter. This is what I want. It doesn't matter what I have to sacrifice. He's done it. And so that, for me, was, like, really, really big. The second thing is his, like, commitment to his family is above and beyond. The way he treats his mother, his sisters. Uh, for me, I needed that because... A lot of, unfortunately, I think that a lot of um, men that we meet, they have a fragmented relationship with women. They are, tr- they have a problem with committing to you and treating you a life's way because they've had this fragment. They've had this issue. And I noticed that for him, whether or not he ever had it, it was something that he purposefully had already solved. And I needed that because I don't want to come and now be babying you at your big age. I'm not going to start teaching you how to deal with women. So I needed that from him. And then the last thing I needed from him is, and I think you spoke about this yesterday because she was asking, so Ozzy was asking Naomi, like, how are Ruthie and Kel together when they're there? And she was like, when they're together, it's like no other girl existed. Now, you know anything about my personality? I'm the only girl. Like, I have to feel like the apple of you. Like, hey, when you see me, even with my wig off and my lashes off, when I'm looking dead and ill, I have to be like the woman of your dreams. And literally, like, I would walk into the room, I will have no wig on, I will have no lashes on, and he will rub my head and be like my wo-wo head. Like, I, like, you know, in your mind, you're, like, feeling like the most beautiful girl. Where you look in the mirror, the mirror will tell you. <laughs> no, open your yash there. But, but for real, like, you feel that way. And I needed that. I just needed it. Yes. Because that's what my, my dad had done for me my whole life. Being the only girl, my dad used to tell me, you're a princess. You don't need this. When I graduated from high school, my dad bought me a Birkin bag. And he was like, I want you so that no guy will ever... When I finished from when I finished from, from medical school, my, my car is outside. My dad bought it for me. Brought it to me. Right. And that time, brand new. Paid off. So me, I, I was thinking that me I was really feeling like her. Like I'm really a princess. And so I needed a guy to match that. And I told my dad, one day I told my dad, my dad was like, he came to my room and I was sleeping and he was praying for me. My dad is one of those. I actually blame him for the acne on my face because he used to come and do anointing oil while I was sleeping. And so my dad was praying for me and I said to him, you messed me up. He's like, why? I said, you made me think all men were like you. I used to think all men, like, I don't understand it. I used to think all men are going to treat me. Like, and when they're not yeah. treating me, I was dumbfounded. I said, wow, my dad thinks I'm, like, the most beautiful, the, the, most, the brightest, the most, ah! My dad used to feel that way about me. And so when I look at guys, and the guys are like, I'm like, you don't see, you don't understand that. So for me, that's how Kelv treated me, is the way my father treated me, so, yeah.
Okay, so I'm going to do something just a little different. I'm actually going to ask Darnell since he is newly. I know, I know. I'm going to ask Darnell because I know you are newly engaged. So, what? Yeah, what were the top three things that you saw in Lauren to make you determine that this is who you wanted to spend the rest of your life with? No, one is probably big with me is understanding. And I, when I say understanding, this mean of my schedule. Like, I know I am a lot. I know I move around a lot just traveling with this photography, videography. And so, one, just to find someone who can understand that and not, let me see, you know, yeah, understand. I feel like it takes a strong woman to really understand that. And so, that was, that was really big to me. Two, Actually, there's no particular order because one, like I said, connection with God. And like this was my first relationship when, uh, when I uh, we like sat down while we first talking, like what's your views on sex and things like that. And we both said we're going to try to wait till we married and all that. And so, uh, and I'll be real, we slipped up a few times. I'll be real. <laughs> but just to have that conversation and really work on it, like, and before in the past when I was living in Austin, like, man, it was, it was wild. Wow, I had to like tone it down. So, just having that, having that, having that conversation, that connection with God is key. And the third one is just, man, I think how selfless she is. Like always making sure I'm good, even like before she's good. Hey, babe, you need this, you need that. Just always making sure I'm good is like, man, I really don't even deserve this. And so, um, just seeing those things in her is like, is is. And I feel like it's rare that, you know, you can find something like that. And it's rare. And so, you know, uh, in the famous words of Beyonce, if you like it, I put a ring on it. Hey. Hey. So, that's what I want to do. Yes. Well, congrats. congrats. problem is half of those foolish boys see it. <laughs> and they see that all these things he said, and they're so foolish. They're so foolish. All right, next one. I'm telling you, I did, it will not distract them. One. Just one. So he actually, um, his last statement in regard, well, one of his statements in regards to, you know, having that conversation about waiting, the next question is, how important is sexual compatibility in a relationship? I mean, I hope you enjoyed this episode, the concluding part of the live podcast. We up on our next episode. Have a great day. listener what do you think about this episode do you have a question or some feedback that you would like to provide or a suggestion for a future guest now you can send me a voice message voice messages are an easy way for you to send me audio messages that just might end up on a future episode of the podcast you can send me a voice message right now just by clicking on the link in my show notes can't wait to hear from you